You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. Um, so welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're so excited. We're in our third season now, we're taking this month to record a couple episodes in advance, which is always good. Um, so this week, we're so excited to be bringing back Ashley Perret onto the podcast. You guys loved her first episode where we dove into all things negotiation and, um, you know, really just negotiating things in the workplace and dove into those topics, especially from a female perspective. So we're so excited you're back. She's super pregnant, just (laughs) glowing. Um, And we're so excited we could sneak this in before. When is your due date? Before baby, yeah. I'm officially due February 11th. Oh my God, that's so soon. Very soon. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, yeah, be taking some time off at the end of this week starting. Yeah. Do you know like how much time or what you're going to do that no it's a good question I'm giving myself some space to kind mm-hmm. of figure it out once mm-hmm. the baby comes so um that's awesome yeah I I've decided that you know 12 weeks may be good may not be yeah I don't think I'll be completely like off off since I'm running my business but yep. I put mm-hmm. some things in place to at least give myself you know four to ten weeks where I can yeah have a maternity leave yeah yeah slowly ease back in so it's one of those things that I'll get to figure out and see what works for me yeah um which feels good yeah that's so that's so exciting and we're just so grateful that you took the time out to come and talk to us again because you are very close to your due date and I'm sure you're not as comfortable as you once were so thank you so (laughs) much You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm excited to be back. Thanks for having me. Of course. We'd love to dive in more into your perspective on maternity leave and just women in the workplace who are thinking about having kids. Um, And Meg and I came up with some questions today um, that we're really interested in. And I feel like, Meg, I don't know if you feel like this too, but um, this is something that we've been hearing a lot about. Yeah. I feel like so we have a Facebook group Mm -hmm. of people who listen to the podcast and I feel like that and just on Instagram it's some and even with friends to be honest it's Mm -hmm. something that I think everyone is now thinking about and maybe it's just we're at the stage of life Mm -hmm. where like I'm 28 um you know I think people are always like when are you having kids and my friends are starting to have kids so I feel like it's at the forefront of a lot of my friends minds yeah um but it's a challenging time, I think, to figure out how mm-hmm. to navigate, A, making this huge life decision, but then B, how to navigate it in the workplace. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we have a lot of questions around that. I guess 
maybe one of the first ones in back this is one of yours i'm gonna steal it <laughs> um it's just so you find out you're pregnant mm-hmm. what are your next steps as you start to think about telling people at work mm-hmm. is there a right time and then i think maternity leave is another big thing we want to get into but maybe we yeah. just start there <sighs> it's a good question <laughs> we're diving right in <laughs> And it, it is like part of the transition of, right, we, we graduate from school, like in general, right, and enter the workforce yeah. and it's career, career, career. And then, yes, yeah, so you're right. There's a certain time we have to think about, do we want to make this decision, right, to have a family? And right. there's, you know, the outside pressures and then our internal, right, decisions around that choice. And work can make things more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of telling someone like an boss or your employer um it's going to be your personal decision so depending on how well your company handles these types of yeah. uh, situations right this is going to be you know your boss right again well and or you know your boss best so i think from a policy perspective like if i put on my hr hat HR probably has policies in place for leave of absence or taking mm-hmm. time off. And maybe you need to give like at least 30 days notice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely about like checking, okay, what programs or policies do your, does your company have? Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's actually about like, okay, how do I tell my boss and how do we yeah. plan for my absence? Like what happens? And there's been a lot of fear comes up in terms of like, Am I going to be recognized when I come back? Like, am I, who's going to take over the work that I'm potentially leaving? Um, So there's no magic number, but I think giving your boss enough time, whatever that looks like, depending on your job Mm -hmm. is probably fair. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've heard, unfortunately, like terrible stories where, you know, if you tell your boss too soon, they start like not inviting you to travel on trips or not giving you projects and if you wait too long then there's the okay well there's not going to be a position for you when you come back so it it becomes really tricky um but you have to find out what feels good to you because the sooner you talk about it Mm -hmm. the more time you have to figure out what's going to work for you in your career and what type of leave you might want to take if you do want to return to that organization or not, when you come back, um, if you're yeah. on the fence, I have a few clients that found out they were pregnant and they were like, I hate my job. So should I look now? Right. Um, so yeah, sure. You can put yourself out on the job market and, you know, come the offer stage, you can be upfront about yeah. your, your news. Um, so it's a tough question to answer. Yeah. Hopefully that helps a little bit in terms of there's a difference between policy, like what your company might actually require of you versus a best practice yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so on that note that you just mentioned of you know searching for a new job if you're pregnant you know what's the best way to kind of talk to someone in in an interview and be upfront with it and still acknowledging that you know you're interested in the job and you're excited and um, this is just a step for you in your life journey, in your career. How do you, I mean, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> Getting the tough questions out there. <laughs> yeah. So from like a legal perspective, right, we are 
protected. Women are protected and employers are not supposed to be asking, right, if we are pregnant or if mm -hmm. we're expecting to have children. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, depending on the industry that you work in, this might be something that you've heard yeah. uh, already in your past about what are your plans to have a family? Mm -hmm. um, so again, I would recommend that you be as open and upfront as you are comfortable being. Mm -hmm. um, and for the right employer, they're going to wait for you. They're going to work out a plan, right? Because they're going to identify that, hey, if you're the, their top candidate, then it's only a couple of months. Like, let's say you couldn't start in time or after a month or two, you needed to go out on leave. Um, I would wait. And it, so if you're not showing, right, then we have the physical yeah. aspect of this. <laughs> mm -hmm. if you're physically not showing you know, pregnancy signs, then I would recommend probably waiting till the offer letter stage to kind of have that conversation mm -hmm. with your future employer. Mm -hmm. um, like, hey, I'm really excited about joining the organization. Mm -hmm. This is my top choice company. I do want to let you know that I'm expecting a baby in mm -hmm. six months from now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, can you talk to me about what that would look like, what your programs or policies in place would be to, to support me? Um, and you know, I'm giving you a heads up up front because I will need some time off. Right. So you can be clear and then see how they respond. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be the organization that says no problem. And then mm -hmm. there might be someone that ends up not going forward with an offer, but hopefully that won't be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. And I was thinking about this a lot today, just because I knew we had the episode and like, just thinking about why, I understand, obviously, from like a health perspective, but why pregnancy is so taboo mm -hmm. in the workplace. And I think it is because in the past, like maybe more women would stay home after they have a, had a child and not go back to work. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, you know, employers thought that would be the case and would yeah. kind of just weed them out from um, the onset. So I think it's interesting. It's like such a weird thing in today's society, which yeah. we all hope has progressed yeah. much farther. But I feel like you do have to still protect yourself and just like, it has to be the right time. Yes. Yes. I mean, even running my own business and experiencing yeah. this shift and change in my life. Very, yeah. I mean, I'm going through it now, but my own decision of when to share the news yeah. with my community and my clients. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fears coming up around, well, what are they going to think? Will they want to work with me? Mm -hmm. So I definitely feel that this is still something women are dealing with mm -hmm. sometimes in silence. Yeah. Um, there is, this is just another topic that we don't have many safe spaces, I think, to talk about. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I do know with in former jobs of my own, um, older generations typically men mm -hmm. would you know make comments like oh so and so she's probably you know oh she's getting married so that means she's gonna have kids mm -hmm. soon right so there's mm -hmm. a, there are still a lot of biases that exist um but on the flip side there are more and more companies that are offering longer parental leave to both men yeah. and women and yeah um it's again going back to like what's important to you in your life in your mm -hmm. career and speaking up and advocating and choosing to be a part of an organization that is doing the right thing yeah. um, and creating some space for that. But I think, you know, you don't have to share your news, mm -hmm. but if you don't share and you join an organization and you know you're pregnant, right. uh, be very 
clear about again the policies because sometimes mm-hmm. women aren't you're not covered under Family Medical Leave Act unless you're with an employer oh, for a year. Yeah. Right. Um, depending on the size of the organization. So you just want to see like what job safety or security is actually available to you. Right. Um, if you're going to be a new. And honestly, your employer. <sighs> I'm just thinking like, are they going to ask you like when you're coming back? And, you know, again, you don't have to give an answer. You can always say, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um yeah. And that's something that you have to get clear on for yourself first. Right. Give yourself permission to change your mind, yeah. but then yeah. also articulate it to your boss in terms of what you might need from them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like, like, so on that note, so have you come across any situation where, you know, if you're in a job and they may not have the best maternity leave policy, is that something that you've seen women negotiate with their employers or is it just kind of like, it is what it is, you know, take the um, FMLA, like take the um, short-term disability, or is that something that people have been able to negotiate and, you know, figure out with their employer? Uh, I have not so both with my coach hat or my HR hat, mm-hmm. I haven't heard of anybody successfully negotiate like paid leave mm-hmm. um, that wasn't already offered with an organization. So mm-hmm. it's one of those benefits like paid time off that typically, uh, you know, outside of a startup is kind of just standard policy. Mm-hmm. So that being said, you may be able to negotiate more unpaid leave with your boss. Mm-hmm. Um but if you're looking for paid leave, it's usually a question that you can ask during the interview process. Like, do you have any plans to offer paid maternity and or paternity leave in the next year or two? Mm-hmm. So you can ask HR and or, you know, a manager what the plans are or how is it handled internally if somebody needs to take a leave of absence for medical reasons. Um but I don't know. I would I would recommend to listeners to try it, right? Because again, if we don't ask, if we mm-hmm. don't hold the employers accountable, then it will be something that doesn't change or isn't right. available. Um, I know a lot of companies and HR teams are putting more and more effort into offering better benefits, mm-hmm. including paid leave. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. definitely something to ask if you're in the interview stage, like how is this handled? What do you have planned? What what plans do you have in place to put in? these policies um but i have encouraged employees to talk to their managers about creating some sort of deal um so depending again on the culture and your relationship with your boss you know even you can definitely negotiate flexibility Mm. like returning from work Mm part-time in the office so i think that is a little bit more um I've, I've had worked with clients that have been successful in negotiating the flexibility on their return, mm-hmm. but not really the actual leave part. Because yeah. this is where it gets tricky, where if I were to say to you, Megan, yes, mm-hmm. you can do this because we have a great relationship and right. sure, don't worry about it. Take an extra two weeks. Right. And then Becca, you came to me and <laughs> we didn't have the same relationship. And I said, no, you need to follow the company policy. Um, right. That's where things can get tricky in terms of not applying the policies equally or fairly yeah. across the organization. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of like to take a step back, but in your opinion, I feel like you've worked with so many women. 
Do you feel like there's a baseline as you're going through job interviews? And if that's something that obviously you're asking about, you're curious across companies, do you feel like there's a baseline that women should be looking for for paid leave that's like standard? Or do you think that also depends? Uh, I think paid leave is still considered a huge benefit. That's crazy. I've never worked with a company that offered paid paternity leave. That's so disappointing. Really? Really. Oh, my God. My husband's company offers, because he's been there for two years, two weeks of paid paternity leave for him. And I think women get eight weeks. So I feel like a lot of companies that do offer paid, Mm -hmm. it's usually around eight weeks of paid. And sometimes that's paid at like 50% or 60%. Um, but I worked a lot in the tech industry and startups, and mm-hmm. that was never a benefit that I had. Again, the Googles, the Facebooks of the world are, you know, on one, right. one spe- right. end of the spectrum with this. Right. Um, but again, I definitely think it's something that more and more women are asking for, mm-hmm. which means companies are, think, are paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's something that I think is considered a bonus or a nice benefit. Yeah. But I've had clients that have told me it's really important to them and they will only say yes to a job that offers, right, mm-hmm. um, paid maternity or paternity. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that is negotiable is if you are leaving a company that offers paid parental leave to go to a company that does not offer that, mm-hmm. um, negotiate a bonus, a sign-on bonus, mm-hmm. or negotiate a higher rate in your pay because you're leaving a really important benefit on the table yeah. to join that organization yeah yeah Which that's is crazy that, it like, is many companies still don't do that it is so insane and i it's so crazy so um my husband's in the air force and just seeing like the way that the air force works like a lot of it is very dated but they do have 12 weeks of paid maternity leave. And I'm like, if the government can offer this, <laughs> why can't all companies offer this? You yeah. know, it's just so mind boggling. Yes. Yeah. And I know even Dan, and this is an interesting whole conversation too, but I feel like when companies, so A, I think the standard should obviously be offering paid maternity leave. Mm-hmm. But I also think when companies only offer that, and not paternity it like it doesn't normalize the fact that people take off for Mm -hmm. this life event Mm -hmm. so I found that really fascinating I was at a conference and I had never it just had never occurred to me Mm -hmm. but they were talking about normalizing paternity and maternity and the two together are going to just normalize people taking time off to have a child yes you know in Massachusetts it's called now it's called paid parental or parental leave Mm -hmm. so uh, the state has passed paid parental leave laws that'll go into effect in 2021. Yep. Um, which is something, I think it's eight weeks of some sort of, um, at some percentage. But there's also more and more research that's being done that when companies do offer parental leave um, or maternity and paternity, yeah, they retain more employees, mm-hmm. um, right? It's, again, better culture because you're allowing your team members to take some time off and come back mm-hmm. and they feel valued so it's I think this old fear that like oh if we let somebody take time off and we pay them they're never going to come back is is slowly shifting to this is something that 
shows our employees that we value them and it'll keep them longer term. So yeah, that's my, my viewpoint is the more as an employer, you can offer your employees to incentivize them to grow their career and have a life at the same time, the right. better it is for business. So, right. um, yeah, hopefully the more we talk about it, yes. the more changes yes. for the better will be put in place. Yeah. And I think the more men take that yes. as an example mm-hmm. to other men, mm-hmm. that'll just help. Yeah. If Dan's listening, he's going to take <laughs> his when that time comes. <laughs> well, I, I've talked to a lot of my, I'm kind of at the other end of the spectrum. Most of yeah. my friends have already had kids and I'm kind of at the last. Yeah. I waited longer. Um, and most of my friends' husbands either didn't have the opportunity to or couldn't take all of their leave and so mm. um that is a part of like if it's offered men please take it because yeah. it does normalize it and um you know with my husband like two weeks it's it's not a very long time it's nothing it's like a vacation yeah <laughs> and i definitely encourage people to take whatever time they have because again especially from the male perspective um mm-hmm. if more men take it then the business has to identify well how do we rearrange work and manage that process for everyone versus mm-hmm. like oh this is a woman's issue right and the mm-hmm. burdens on us totally yeah exactly um so shifting gears a little bit but on the same topic so a, a few of our listeners um have been stay-at-home moms they have they had kids young mm-hmm. and they're looking to return to the workplace um yeah. and looking to start going on interviews again and start to um figure out what they really want to do so um as you're coaching um moms who have been at home and who are re-entering the workplace what are some of your tips that you give them to go into an interview for the first time? Yes, this is a great question. So important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, yeah, this applies to people who are entering the the workforce from school as well, like right their first job, but really getting grounded in like what you offer, what you bring to the table, um, like that confidence mm-hmm. piece. And it, it will be built up over time, right? So mm-hmm. not being so hard on yourself. If it's, if it's your first interview in five, 10 or 15 years, right. um, just getting started, like allowing yourself to apply to interview um, and remembering that as mom, right, you've learned how to um, just delegate and prioritize yes and manage and those are some of the best soft skills that are not easily taught and companies can really find value there so um I've worked with uh, a few people who were you know returned to the workforce after you know 10 or 15 years and it's changed so much that they're, they're like wow I would never have had the opportunity to be in this level of role or I never would have had the flexibility to work from home and have a family. So the workforce is changing. So I think entering from an interview perspective, it's owning your worth. It's knowing that, mm-hmm. right, you do have value and how can you translate what you've done in your career to the skills that you've been able to build up as a mom mm-hmm. um, and how will that impact the business? So it's either about relationship building, uh, managing conflict, prioritizing. Again, these are all soft skills. Um, companies can train you on tech or systems or whatever it, it you might need. Um, mm-hmm. But I think showing the initiative and not being afraid to say, um, 
you know, what you've learned from your time away from work and mm-hmm. why work is, you know, now important to you, why you're comfortable re-entering the workforce, like sharing your story from a place of this is why I'm ready, this is what I'm looking for, and this is what I'm going to bring to the table um, mm-hmm. gives the employer confidence in you. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think we talked about this last time, but there's this, like, resume gap fear that yes. so many people have, and I'm sure especially, you know, if you were at work 15 years ago, things really have changed so much. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine how daunting it is to go into like a new workplace and try to navigate that Mm -hmm. and an interview. But I really like that advice of just going in, owning that Mm -hmm. you've learned so much in a different way, but staying at home as a mom. And it was, it was still a full-time job as a mom too. Even more so. (laughs) Yes. And trusting in yourself that if you could figure out motherhood, then you'll be able to figure out how to adapt in the new workplace that you're in. So I think that's another um, fear that I hear women have is like, you know, how will I how will I learn? How will I get up to mm-hmm. speed? Or I've been out too long that, mm-hmm. right, it's really about self losing, feeling like they've lost their self-confidence, but trusting that, you know, there's people at all different ages and levels and experiences, yeah. and we're, we're great. We're meant as humans to adapt to our surroundings yeah. and, you know, give yourself permission to try. And if it, you don't like it or it doesn't work, then, yeah, you know, then that's okay. Yeah. And I feel like part of it, too, because I think obviously sometimes women have trouble with different parts of the workplace, just inherently there's bias, but I also think that there's bias against age. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine, you know, if you left a certain level and 15 years later, you're going back interviewing that there's probably a lot of fear associated with being the oldest one among a younger workforce or just like how to present that. That would be really challenging. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it is a challenge, but again, when you, if you are that older person, yeah, um, or if you're that younger person, like really just being open and curious and knowing that everyone has a different work style. Um, I I do a lot of work in the space of trying to bridge that gap, right? A lot of the um, older generations like to just paint this oh the millennials Mm -hmm. don't like this or the millennials (laughs) don't like that and yes not that's not helpful Um, (laughs) so instead it's you know how can we work better together what do you need uh how can we communicate effectively do you like to get emails yeah should I call you and just simple conversations um and and as a woman returning to work it's kind of like knowing yourself best so that Mm. way you can communicate with your colleagues about what really works for you and vice versa yeah (laughs) that's so funny I feel like my dad is you know like typical (laughs) boomer like he's been in the same job for his whole career and like you'll just hear him say like your generation just like (laughs) bouncing around and all this stuff I'm like yeah, dad, but I'm much happier, you yes. know, and I see him not enjoy parts of his job. So it's just funny, the yes. different generations. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so to think I, what else. Yeah, so I was going to say, so on that note as well, so would you recommend any type of like exercises before going in, in into an interview, like writing prompts, anything like that, that can help? women get more prepared or build that confidence before going in 
so I think for any interview, it's really important to be able to share a few stories around what you've done that like applies to the role that you're applying to. So um, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, so if you're looking at a job description, right, and you apply and you get an interview, you want to be able to go through that job description and highlight areas for yourself that you feel you've you have great experience in or that you've done in the past and create a narrative or a story around, okay, how can I share a story in the interview that speaks to these skills or this uh, qualification? And then kind of highlight areas for yourself that you feel maybe you've never ex had exposure to, or right, this is where, again, we see women who, if they haven't done everything on a job description, sometimes they're afraid mm -hmm. to apply, Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> so highlight the areas that you don't feel as confident or comfortable in, but then also create stories around, right, how you can share um, a soft skill story or something that's similar that you feel confident you have the potential and capability to learn as you learn the job. So I think just being really clear that it's okay if you don't have everything that's asked for, but mm -hmm. how do you talk about what your potential is versus what your hard and soft skills actually are? Mm -hmm. um, because telling a story around, I may not have ever had experience right, working with this software, but having learned blah, blah, blah in the past, right, I'm confident that I'd be able to, to pick it up quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so it's about you as the interviewer taking that, sorry, you as the interviewee taking mm -hmm. the interviewer on a journey with each answer, like back to a place that you want to let, let them know that you are capable and confident that you'll be able to learn mm -hmm. no matter what. So mm -hmm. I think getting really familiar with the job description um, and then also just how they probably will ask you, you know, why are you ready to re-enter the workforce or, right. you know, tell us about your story or they might ask you something about your past. So again, if you own it and say, this is the reason that I decided to take the break and this is the reason I'm deciding to come back to work. Um, that will make them feel, again, they want to know your why. Mm -hmm. That'll make, I think, an employer more comfortable to push you forward. Um, and really just the whole interview process is, as we all know, like long and can be long. It can be really stressful. Yeah. Um, so knowing that no matter if you're a returning mom to the workforce or not, mm -hmm. like being really patient and kind to yourself along the way because... Mm -hmm. You may yeah. have to interview with 10, 12, 25 companies before you get a job offer. Right. And it doesn't right. necessarily mean anything about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's hard to separate that, like your self-worth yes. from um, getting an offer or not. One other thing I was thinking about, and it just came back to me, okay. um, was working part-time, especially mm -hmm. for women, especially after having kids. Yeah. I feel like I've seen kind of both sides of the coin. I've seen women who I admire very much, but be working part-time, taking a part-time salary, but still working just as much mm. as they did before they made that switch. And then I've seen women manage it very well and set boundaries. Yeah. But I'm just curious your thoughts on how to kind of manage that process if you have any opinions on like when to set boundaries what are good ones to I think the part-time 
because of work flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to, if a company offers, sure, work from home, um, I feel like the part-time workforce is going to be shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, Mm -hmm. uh, meaning companies will be offering those opportunities Mm -hmm. probably less and less. Mm in return for you can do your work anywhere, but this is what we need to get done. Right. So in terms of setting boundaries, it's really about, first of all, getting paid fairly. If Mm -hmm. it's part-time, meaning does your pay align with the work that you're doing? Mm -hmm. And if not, if you are working more than what was uh, originally agreed upon than being able to have that conversation mm-hmm. or setting the boundary around, okay, I'm, because I'm only getting paid X for these amount of hours, right. um, setting the boundary, like this is when I'm available. I work Mondays through Fridays, right. From eight to 12 and yeah. you won't hear from me right outside <laughs> of that. Right. And if you need to reach me because it's urgent, um, Right. I may take a couple hours to get back to you. Yeah. Um, But really for yourself, separating or compartmentalizing, like, I'm only going to look at work from 8 to 12. I wish I was the kind of person you could, you know? Yeah. It's it's difficult. Um, Because we often want to, right, ensure that we're recognized, ensure Mm -hmm. that we're making an impact. And if we are the only person on our team that's working Mm part-time, it might feel like, Oh, I'm not doing enough. Um, right. So maybe I would recommend, right, just creating that alternate schedule that works for you. Mm-hmm. And again, ensuring that you're paid, that your pay aligns with the contribution you're making. So if you are working more and there's no way for you to say no mm-hmm. in a way that works for the business, then don't take less pay mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. for that benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the, the, piece of transparency I feel like that's a theme throughout this whole every time we talk to you that's kind of what comes up and I feel like it's something that is very um underappreciated and almost forgotten about where you know we work with these people a huge portion of our lives and we spend so much time with them so why can't we be transparent and open and everyone's living their lives everyone's going through these life transitions so why aren't we talking about it um so thank you for bringing that up I really appreciate that um and it's something that Meg and I talk about often is like okay like should we talk about this to our coworkers? should we not should we bring this up to our boss and like I feel like so many women and men are having that conversation as well as the generation shifts that it's like yeah it's like so simple but we don't really talk about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I love just thinking like it, it really is so different. My mom says it all the time, but she's like, I would go home from work and literally no one could reach me. Yes. And I think it's just changed so much that our society really is starting to be like instant answer, instant yeah. gratification. So that is a really interesting point about part-time in general. Yes. Cause you can essentially, make up hours at some point in your day, Mm -hmm. whether it's at 10 p.m. once your kids are asleep or, you know, if you're up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think this, you know, it comes back to being transparent, yes, but also just clear with yourself, like self-care. There's a lot of us Mm -hmm. that are not taking care Mm -hmm. of ourselves and Mm -hmm. not putting ourselves first. And, you know, as caregivers, 
right? Men or women, mm-hmm. um, when we're not taking care of ourselves, then other people suffer, not only our job, yeah. right, but our children too. So really being able to, to make that space or commitment to yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is difficult. Um, but I even notice as I'm going through this process, right, like, I'm giving myself time off. Mm-hmm. And I also don't know how I'm going to feel or what I'm going to need. So I'm giving myself yeah. the, the, like, I might have to come back to some clients and say, I'm actually not returning from leave right, right. now. And, right. Mm-hmm. But, but my own, that's brought up a lot of fear around yeah. like, well, what will they think? And what does this mean? And how much will I be able to earn? And so being able to identify that this is just something that is part of the process. Mm-hmm. And then again, yeah, talking about it, whether it's with your boss or the, your partner like to figure out what works so that way you're not overextending yourself to your own detriment because that just leads Mm -hmm. to burnout or people choosing to leave the workforce even if they really don't want to yeah because they weren't able to have a conversation with their manager about shifting their schedule or something yeah um and there's a lot of guilt right i hear around mom guilt about you know yeah not wanting to leave your children and and um so yeah, just making space for all of these discussions is really yeah. important. Yeah. And sharing as women and dads, moms and dads, like how they how you've made it work. Because everyone will do their own thing, but right. getting ideas about like, oh, how it's possible that you can have a right. career and still be a great parent. Yeah, yeah. Cause I I definitely still have fears after making a career switch. I was talking about this with someone. But making a career switch five years into my career, I did take a step back. So now there's all these thoughts that I go through because I think I have this inherent belief that's been kind of hammered into us Mm -hmm. that once you have kids, it's extremely challenging to continue to grow your career. So that's something I'm trying to navigate, to be honest, is like, when is the right time? Do I need to feel completely secure in where I'm at in my career? Will I ever feel completely <laughs> like I'm, I've reached that point? Yeah, so it's yeah. just like all these things we have to think about. And I don't know that you're ever fully ready. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's just a decision that you make and that you own and that you figure out as yeah, you go. And yeah. right, there's pros and cons for having children earlier in your life and mm-hmm. pros and cons to having children later in your life. Um, yeah. But I think it's it's a, a gift and a major life transition that mm-hmm. like you will be able to figure out. Um, and I think it really does come down to what do you want, mm-hmm. right? If, if your career is really important to you, you will be able to find a company, a boss, an organization mm-hmm. that right, will help you navigate that. And I mean, this is talked about a lot now, but I really believe that we can have it all in our life, mm-hmm. but maybe not all at the same time. Yeah. Right. And yeah. this is the first time in my life um, that I'm making space for something, someone, right. Other yeah. than my career um that's been the priority for me for a long time and so it's Mm -hmm. something else I get to add in versus losing something that I've worked hard for yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's so exciting and thank you so much for talking with us again as one last question because I know sleep is important right now for you so we don't (laughs) want to keep you too long Um, but I'd love to know what you're most excited about um becoming a mom (sighs) a great question right now I'm just so excited to meet this little baby I don't know if it's a girl or a boy I was gonna ask I feel like we didn't know yeah, but we, I, ah. I decided to keep it a surprise and like I can feel you know feet and the movements and so for me yeah. it's just like 
actually meeting like who this person is and will be oh and God. just being able to like say hello so yeah. for me it's oh, just so like cool. moment by moment at this point but just really excited to meet a baby because it still feels surreal to be honest yeah <laughs> I bet feel real till he or she yes. is like in your arms yeah. that's so I love that <laughs> I don't know if I would be able to wait <laughs> I know I give you all the credit yeah <laughs> it's it's really been interesting so my I always work with my clients and do this personally as well but choose a word or a theme or write set intentions for the year and so yeah. for 2020 I chose surrender for my word I love that because mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of last year having not knowing if this was a boy or a girl I found yeah. myself trying to control like and trying to and getting upset with myself Mm -hmm. that I didn't know and I really had to move back into this place of I still don't know who this person is whether Mm -hmm. it's a gen like so I'm so glad I waited for the surprise because it's just helping me to go with the flow like moment by moment even if I knew the gender it really wouldn't change anything yes I'm still just waiting um yeah and I have no control over when this baby will arrive so I think I need more of that vibe yeah (laughs) Um, and before we wrap up so the last time we talked to you your program was launching now it has launched so the negotiator yes um how's that been going and how can our listeners find it and try it and go through the course yes so the negotiator is officially going to be live and open to Ooh. all of my clients on february 10th so Ooh, be there's still timing. time yes perfect. there's still time okay uh, i'm actually going to offer a discount code specifically Yay. for detox and chill listeners so uh the negotiator is it's like it's it is my baby <laughs> because yeah. i've been working on it since giving my tedx talk and so oh my gosh that's... it's yes it's yeah. very comprehensive from everything you know we've talked about about owning your worth and mm-hmm. negotiating and the specific language to use with your boss but also the emotional components of your relationship with money mm-hmm. and how to overcome that so yes it's uh, a really great program and yes you can still join uh it'll be on my website and i'll share the yeah. link with you so you can yeah. put it in the show notes thank you so much yeah I feel like I want to go through that because I think the relation for me what's Mm -hmm. fascinating is the relationship with money yeah so I definitely want to give it a try Mm -hmm. um cool so for anyone listening who wants to find us you can find us at detox and chill podcast on instagram send us an email um join our facebook group so we mentioned it a little bit earlier but it's just a really safe place for women um to just post whatever they're thinking about get input from everyone and everyone's obviously super awesome respectful kind all of those good things um and then where can our listeners find you yes so my website uh ownyourworth.com and i also i have a community on slack so if you're a slack user uh, i want to join your worth community and there's actually a community for moms in that Slack group. So worthy moms. Um, Love it. So if you are thinking about being a mom, if you made the decision not to be a mom, if you were trying to go back to work or leave work, whatever version of a mom you are, uh, you're welcome to join. So if you head to my website, you can find my email address uh, and or join the Slack group specifically. 
through my website. And I'm on Instagram under Own Your Worth as well. I'm so excited to have been back and I've connected with a lot of your listeners after the last one, which was amazing. Oh, so. yay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. We love it. We're so glad we got to fit this in. Yeah. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And yeah, have a good rest of your week. We love you guys. Bye, Bye. everyone. <laughs>